Hello, and welcome to the Just for Kicks podcast on Game Time CT. My name is Scott Erickson. I'm the boys' soccer writer for Game Time, and we are joined, as always, on the couch by Joe Morelli, the girls' soccer writer. Joe, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Uh, we are going to be joined in a little bit by Barry Beatty, the Staples girls' head coach. Uh, we have another Irishman coming on the show, so... I see you got your Ireland shirt on. Is that a coincidence? Yeah, or? no, it is a coincidence. <laughs> I just my my in laws got it for me when they were on their cruise, so yeah. um, it was nice of them to do that. Um, what I will say is they just sent it to number one. Yeah, in the LWL poll uh, as of yesterday, uh, Richfield tying New Canaan. They dropped, and New Canaan. Excuse me, Richfield and Staples face each other, and as we know, they face face each one another. The last two years in the double L final, Richfield winning both. So. Tomorrow should be interesting. I'm sure Barry will have plenty of good things to say. Yeah, that, I mean, that's as good as it gets in girls' soccer, isn't it? I mean, that that, that game. I mean, there's a class double champ, yeah. Yeah, I mean, those two teams have been so good the last couple of years. The top of the FCX so good in girls' soccer. I mean, is there another conference with, that's that strong up top? No. Not, not even close, right? I mean, Glastonbury, we're going to find out with Sullington on Friday. But yeah, to have game. that many teams, no. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm – a guy who's worked in New Haven for over 20 years, I, it's not as strong as the FCX. It's just not. Yeah. And neither is the ECC. And that's, the FCX is the best until somebody beats them. And if somebody beats them, hey, congratulations. But they're the best and they're stacked. Sorry. Uh, so last night I was at uh, – I went to the NVL. I saw Naugatuck Holy Cross, mm-hmm. an excellent game in the NVL. Uh, Ahmad Al-Jamal scored a goal late uh, with like three and a half minutes left to win the game for Nagy. Uh, Nagata controlled the game, but Holy Cross played well, and th- those are the top two teams coming in in the NVL. So I really wanted to get up there and see them. Uh, Watertown's played really well in that league too. I know that Hall played East Hartford yesterday. I I actually thought about going to that first and then trying to drive down to Waterbury, but it wasn't going to work. And Hall, obviously, that's the number two and the number four ranked teams in the state. They tied East Hartford two two. Uh, I saw Hall. Last week against Lewis Mills, they completely dominated Lewis Mills. Um, Glastonbury and Hall are the two best teams that I've seen. Uh, and based on results, you got to say that East Hartford probably deserves to be the number three. And then, mm-hmm. and then we can talk about all the teams from the SEC and the FCAC and all that. But right now, I think those top three teams in the CCC are just the best. I mean, I, I don't see you know Wilton's playing well, but you can look at Cheshire or whoever from the from the SEC. I just don't think. Who are your best players? And he said, I don't know. He goes, I, I have to send things in for all state and all league, and I don't know what I'm going to do because I have a lot of really good players. I don't have a superstar, but I have a really great team with a lot of kids who can do it. He named like six solid players. No one no one kid that stands out, but I like Hall a lot. I mean, Hall was in the final. I think Hall's got an awesome, awesome shot at it. I mean, look, that game I saw last night, Naugatuck had the ball 85% of the game, and they didn't get the lead until there was three minutes left you know things happen the ball's at the post goalies make nice saves like and then holy cross turns the ball upfield one time and scores and that happens a lot a lot in soccer um i would have loved to see hand move up and play glastonbury in those schools but i get it they belong in l they're an l school uh and going for a fourth championship is really unique and it's not like l is a bad division there's a lot of really good teams playing in the l boys tournament you know and i will say this i mean having just mentioned games that i saw um, hands going to have to start picking it up. They haven't. They scored two against Brantford, but coming into that game, they had only scored one goal in three games, and they lost their first game to Shelton. I saw him play scoreless tie with uh, Guilford, and in the previous.
And then Guilford goes on to play another scoreless tie with Xavier. So we're seeing a little common thread here. And then I game I went and watched Guilford and Cheshire girls also played to a scoreless tie. Cheshire, it can be a player in the girls along with Guilford yep. and Shelton and Mercy. And Han, who has struggled to start the year and lost 3 nothing to Guilford, turns around and wins at Mercy after losing to them 3 nothing. So, again, we're still not sure who the best team in the SEC for girls is. I think it's probably Guilford, but not right now. And it sounds weird to say, but we're coming down the stretch here. I mean, there are teams that have three or four games left in that season. I've noticed that they're starting, just having a look at the standings, they are they have company. Yeah. I believe. They do. Kaganshag is pretty good, and well, Valley's Sabre's not good. bad. Yeah. So they're not the clear cut. And Sabre, they're not the clear cut. They may be this year, and they've had right. some other really close games. So that, that conference is great. Uh, when you look at Double L, you have East Haven, uh, East Haven, East Hartford, Glastonbury, and Ward. And they're still. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, two of those teams still could come through unbeaten. You know, East Hartford tied Hall yesterday. Uh, you know, there's five one-loss teams after that. In L, you have Wilton, Ellington, Stonington, and Weston on the boys' side, and in S, it's just Litchfield. So, all these teams are, are taking losses. Uh, you know, there's only a handful of unbeatens left. Uh, Ward plays Trumbull tonight, and then Ward doesn't for the rest of the season. So, I would be very impressed if they were able to get through the entire FCAC without taking a loss. That's yourselves, and we're talking. We're going to be talking with Barry about. Will the FCAC, who will separate itself among the FCAC teams, if anybody? And they're all playing each other, though. Right, exactly. You've got Richfield and Staples Wednesday, weather permitting. You've got Richfield, St. Joe's at Richfield, Friday afternoon. You've got Staples, Richfield on Monday the 21st. And New Canaan has already played Richfield. And it's it's going to be crazy. And It's like they're starting the playoffs uh, two weeks yeah, early. And Glastonbury <laughs> and Sullington. Yeah, they are play. unbeaten. They play each other Friday. Can Sullington rise up and beat Glastonbury? That's a great game Friday. It, it is what an interesting great game. game. And then and also, I mean, we talk about Granby still unbeaten in the NCCC. So, therefore, you mentioned the boys, how they're doing. The girls have done pretty well. Yeah. They're not facing all the elites. They face a couple of them, but they're doing pretty well. And then, obviously, Notre Dame, Fairfield. And again, we're, we're, not, we're at the point where you start to separate yourselves or we're going to see a lot of uh, flux, I guess, is the yeah. word as far as who does well. And again, just because you win your league tournament or you win your regular season doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win the championship. So it's a different game. I mean, you're really just you, these teams are all in right now. It's just a matter of seeding and who gets home games and whatnot. But most of these top teams will be at home through the quarters anyway, and then play at neutral site. So I think it's very important to be home for the quarters. I Absolutely. really do. I huge, think, huge. I mean that. And even basketball of four or five, you want to be the four. You don't want to have to travel. That's right. used to be neutral a long time ago, and now it's it's it, it's a big deal. Yeah, because then semifinals are neutral, and then you can but you want to be home. We are joined now by Staples Girls head coach Barry Beatty. Barry, welcome to Just for Kicks. Thanks, thanks for having me, Barry. You come in to Wednesday's game against Richfield, ten and zero. Eight shutouts. How would you assess the way you've been playing so far this season? Uh, how how we've been playing? I've been pretty happy with how we've been playing. Um, ball, balls on the floor. We're scoring a lot of goals. We're not letting any any in really. Um, yeah, I've been pretty happy with it. Getting the ten and zero before Ridgefield was one of my targets. I didn't tell the team that because I didn't want to put any pressure on. But that was one of my targets when I seen the. Uh, 
the schedule. So that's target number one complete. So now we'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah, you guys moved up to number one in the poll this week. I know it's only a few people who vote in state coaches poll, but obviously, you as we discussed last week for the notebook, big stretch for the FCI games. I mean, Richfield and St. Joe's and Wilton and New Canaan and – as you said, it's tough to get recovery time when you play so many back-to-back-to-back games. You'll be ready for the postseason, but how are you looking forward to assessing how they do Wednesday and beyond? Um, what I've found out in the past is, and it's been more recent past, is that the postseason and the regular season are very separate. Um, by the time you get to the postseason and the FCAC, it's just one game at a time. So that's kind of how I've been trying to treat this act, this regular season. This week's going to be huge. Um, St. Joe's played Trumbo last night in a tough game where they came out on top. Ridgefield didn't have a game, so they play us tomorrow. And then St. Joe's don't have a game when Ridgefield and I play. And then on Friday, Ridgefield and St. Joe's play each other. So this week itself is pretty big. Um, then next next week you've got myself playing St. Joe's and myself playing New Canaan, which is an hour big week. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty brutal, I think, from here on in. Um, you mentioned St. Joe's. They they won at Trumbull last night 2-1. to one. Um, Coach, uh, there's weather in the forecast. I'm imagining they'll try and play regardless Wednesday. If they were to move it, would they go to, ne- would they go to Thursday necessarily? Would you go next day or would you postpone it later? Or if it were to happen uh, like that? I'm- yeah, I'm not too sure. I haven't, I haven't experienced the game being cancelled due to weather before. I've actually just sent an email to my athletics director asking to go a little earlier. If Ridgefield can get there by 3 p.m. at least, it might get us the game in. Um, but I don't know. We'll find out. If if that's the only day that's available, then that's the only day that's available. We'll play it. It's no problem. It just means we have to go back to back. Uh, Coach, you're talking about heading, heading out, to, finishing out the regular season and heading into the playoffs. When you guys get into the playoffs and it's a one-and-done situation, do you change your style at all uh, or your formations at all? Is there anything different about how you approach a playoff game as opposed to a regular season game? Uh, you just have to kind of change the mentality slightly in the players. Sometimes in the regular season, even if your team is going to go on and win games or tie games or whatever, there's always the... There's always every, there's always other variables going on around you. So, for example, if we were to tie against Ridgefield tomorrow, that would leave us level on points with St. Joe's, for example, who play the same amount of games. And then we can rely on St. Joe's and Ridgefield. One of them will drop points on Friday. The playoffs, you have no option for looking out around them, what's outside you. You just have to do your own job. You've got no one else in the FCA <laughs> to rescue, rescue you. And last year, we, we had an undefeated season. Um, we went into the, the playoffs and we lost to Darien 2-0 in a game where they were just better than us in a one-off game. So the lessons we learned is that it doesn't make a difference what you've done in the 16 months beforehand. You just have to do your job in this one Are you and guys hopefully get to the next one. Are you guys more apt to try to win the games in regulation or overtime as opposed to going to PKs You know, once you're in a playoff situation too? Are you going to press uh, more? I don't really care, honestly. Yeah. I I always try to have the games done by by the regular time, right? Just because I like doing it, because I like having a life after work. But uh, 
if if it um if it gets as far as penalties, my players will be prepared. Yeah. But I personally like I actually like PKs. I'm one of the very few who really enjoy PK shootout, whether it's my team or I'm in neutral watching. I've always loved them as a player, as a spectator. It it's mad exciting for me. So I my players are always pretty prepared for penalties. Do you practice I them? Was, I was a yeah, we practice them. I was a penalty taker as a player. Yeah. I loved it myself. I hardly ever missed. And the one penalty I did miss was in a, like an All Ireland final in front of like a couple of thousand people. So it was a it was a pretty it was a pretty big one to miss. And Jeez. it was right in the early stages where um, cell phones had cameras, and my dad videoed it, and he couldn't stop showing it to everybody. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember that one. So my players are always prepared for penalties. If they and if they win them, great. If they lose them, at least they lost them trying to do the same things they've done in practice. You know, right. So I'm going to guess if if you seeing you played Richfield the last two years in the final, if they had been co-champions, um, you would have preferred PKs. Last year, yeah. If if it had gotten to PKs. Rather than co-champions, if you it, prefer PKs versus yeah, co-champions. I think if it had gotten the PKs against Ridgefield last year, I, w- I would have kind of fancied us because, just because I knew how prepared the players were. Um, but in saying that, we never scored past this goalkeeper the whole season in two games, so who knows. How, how do you prepare your goalies uh, for, for PKs? Oh, that's My goalkeeper coach does that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You, you don't want to give away, give away any secrets? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I invest in a goalkeeper coach because I'm a terrible one, so my goalkeeper coach will prepare the goalkeepers. Um, Barry Beardy from Staples joining us on the podcast. Um, again, we were day ahead of Richfield and Staples, as we mentioned, in the finals the last two years. Obviously, they Richfield has the blueprint that you want because they had been in the finals the previous two years against Glastonbury and lost. Just talk about tomorrow, what you're looking forward to, and just trying to figure out what they have, what you have, and just go in a battle. Um, what excites me the most for tomorrow is getting to see, kind of getting to see the mentality of my players in the biggest game of the season. That's really the true, the true test of character, true test of um, the players' emotions in a big game. Um, these kinds of things are, are kind of what will set us apart, I think. The difference between this year and last year is I'm playing a, diff- I'm playing a different shape. Like, we've normally played like a 4-3-3. This year we've gone and played a 4-4-2 because last year I felt we didn't have enough width on the field. We didn't have enough um, attacking movements from the wide areas. So we've gone with a different shape this year. And what we've seen is the goal scoring has gone up because we're making use of the wide areas more. We're getting more players into the box because of it. So, I don't know, I'm just excited to see what my players are like in this big game. So, despite having a le- one less attacker, you've, you've had more success offensively by attacking on the flanks, you mean? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And it's more so because it's given... by take Basically, by taking one more player from midfield, from the center of midfield and sliding them wide and losing one attacker, I've, it's free. It's freeing up more space for my key players to get the ball. Mm-hmm. So the, the the team shape and the movement's really good, and it's allowing players to get forward who didn't get forward last year. These types of things. So um, and it, having the ability to change my formation isn't just something I cooked up. It's based on the players I have. So 
it's it's kind of given us a lot of freedom to get players forward and, and score more goals. You mentioned the players you have. I mean, as we talked last week, Coach, it, it's rare to have an Ivy League kid once in a lifetime. You've got two on the same team going. you got Reese Suter going to Penn next year. you got Mia Gonzalez, who leads your defense, going to Cornell, I believe. Uh, just talk about what those two have meant to your program as you've built it up to where it is now. Yeah, that these two, these two, and going along with the rest of the senior classes, they're going to leave this program better than where they found it. And it, I always challenge the freshmen coming in that 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 should be their aim. With these two in particular, I brought them both on varsity as varsity players as freshmen. Um, Reese immediately went in and into the starting lineup, and she was. An all FCAC first team as a as a freshman player, everyone could see her quality. Mia's story was a little different. Um, Mia, I didn't think what I thought she was an amazing player. I didn't think she had developed physically to play as a central defender um, for me in her freshman year. So she just played everywhere. I had her playing left midfield, had her playing right midfield, had her playing like striker some games, um, and then and then she came back the following year as a sophomore and. She she had grown a little bit. She was ready to play, so I then put her in as a as a central defender. And between her and Reese, the two of them have just been amazing leaders for us for the for the last four years. And you can see them in practices. They're always very receptive of the information. They're always listening. They're always trying to help people who don't quite understand it. And you can tell with that level of intelligence going to an Ivy League school that it doesn't take much from the coach. They ask before they already understand it. You know. <laughs> The only worry for kids going to the Ivy League schools is, for me, is that they're a little bit more clever than I am. So, <laughs> Barry, how much do you think separates the top four teams in the league? Say that again? How much do you think separates the f- top four teams in the league with New Canaan in there and St. Joe's? It can't be much honestly, at all, right? Well, yeah. No, I don't, think, I don't think much separates us, honestly. We'll find out over the next couple of games, don't I, for sure. Um, but I I don't think much separates us. St. Joe's have always been quality. They've always got excellent players. They have a star player in their own with Matty Farid. Um, Ridgefield, Ridgefield, they're always a very good organized team. They always do things based on the team, and then they also have the quality of Catherine Somengo. And then um, New Canaan, again, some people might think it's a surprise package. I know that whole I know the whole setup, I know the whole group, I know the coach very well and how they do their work. Again, similarly a style of play, how Ridgefield plays, which shows how they couldn't separate the two of them last week when they tied 2-2. But then they just, as a team full of athletes and hard-working players, and then they've got players like Dylan Patton and Kayleigh Harden up front who are non-stop work rate and score goals. So, Coach, if there's not much between the teams physically on the field, how much does the mental part of the game come into play when you get into these big games coming down the stretch? And is that something you you, you focus on with the girls at all? Uh, I'm big on the mental side of the game. I'm big on the psychology of what it is to be a top team. And it, I've been working on my, my players for like the last, I don't know, I've been doing it pretty much since I started with this group. But it's more the focus of, you're a team that wins. You're a team that wins games, and everybody's biggest game is when they play stables. If if 
if everybody's biggest game is when they play stables, that means when they score, it's their biggest goal of the season. When they tie, it's their biggest tie of the season. So how do you combat that as a player and know that everybody wants to take you down? So that, that's really me trying to break into their psyche and um, have them understand that it's okay to be a top team. It's okay to be a winner. It's okay to give your best and have everybody want to take you down. But then how do you handle that and how do you um, portray yourself on the rest of the league? It's fine. It's fine to be that competitor on the field, but as soon as you're off it, you're gracious and defeat, you're gracious in victory, and you and you move forward. You know. And have your girls responded to that? You know, kind of having that target on their back and accepting that because that's that's a lot of pressure. It can be at times, anyway. Yeah, they have, but they they've also responded because for some reason, for the last couple of seasons, even though Ridgefield have won FCX and states, and even though St. Joseph's won their states when they were playing an L. For some reason, for the last couple of years, people keep coming and saying Staples are the favourite. And I keep saying to everyone, well, we haven't won a trophy, so how can we be favourites? <laughs> but the players' but the players' names and the stuff they're doing for their club teams and stuff like that, it, what these players are doing is, in the eyes of others, it's making them favourites. So I've kind of been trying to show them the balance of, listen, people are always going to make projections. And here's where they think you should be. So if they think you should be there, why why not? Why can't we be there? You know, and they've responded well. They they like the competition. They like it. Um, they enjoy the the motivation of it, but they don't talk as kindly about losing in state finals as I do. <laughs> good, that's good. Uh, Barry Beatty from Staples joining us on the Just for Kicks podcast. Barry, at any point do you start to look at around the state, or at least scout or? Does Glastonbury and, and whoever else outside the league do you take a look at things or or no? I would I would love to lie to you and say no. Um, I like I like going to watch games anyway, just because it's nice to see what our teams have and it's and stuff like that. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, Ian and I were Ian and I went out for dinner. It was probably just before I spoke to you last time, actually, and uh, we were talking about like the teams in states, and we never have the opportunity to go watch Glastonbury. But they play Southington next week. Yeah, they play them Friday. 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 Yeah, they play Southington on Friday. That's right. right. Yeah, so they play Southington on Friday. Away in Southington, it's a late game. And Ian says, Saint you Jones. finish Darien at like five 5.30. I, fin- I finish, uh, we play St. Joe's at 3.30. You want to go watch this game? I was like, yeah, we're probably not going to get another chance to watch either team. So why not? So Ian and I are going to go up on Friday after our games and get a watch at Glastonbury because one of us will probably end up playing them. How valuable is that to see them in person? Really valuable because for the, for the last seven years of my life, the only time I get to see them is whenever I play them in States. And right. I spend the first team, first 15 minutes of the game just saying, Jesus, team are really good. <laughs> 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 I always end up, uh, up standing admiring. Yeah, I can imagine it's, it's easy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now it was fun actually getting to beat them last year in a highly competitive game. It was a lot of fun for the players, you know, and, and I enjoyed it a little bit too. Um, and obviously, you and Ian are friends, and you, you said you've been to dinner the last couple times. Have you? What Ian wouldn't disclose the restaurants uh, to me last week. What restaurants? Uh, no, we always because because the both of us coach teams in Bethel. Right. We all on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday, we always go to. Uh, we're not going to do it tonight because we're playing each other tomorrow, and I know what these are like. But on a Tuesday, <laughs> we always go to the um, 99s in Bethel there by 
it's like underneath a hotel. I don't know what the hotel is, um, but there's a quiz. They do a quiz, and I don't know. We go and sort of take my, our minds off thing, have a laugh, and get some adult beverages and <laughs> have some dinner after work. Yeah, well, our producer Pete he likes to test out foods in different places, so we may send them up to Bethel to. Uh, to test it out, not based on recommendation. Listen, Barry, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Uh, we appreciate your time. Good luck tomorrow. The number one team in the LWL poll facing Richfield at home in Westport at 3.30, maybe 3 o'clock. So, um, and we'll have coverage of that game and game time CT. So, Coach, good luck. Thank you for your time, and good luck tomorrow. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Uh, we are back on Just for Kicks. Uh, Barry Beatty was awesome. Uh, I love talking to an Irishman. It just uh, it reminds me of my like great grandparents, and uh, you know, I just like to hear the accent once in a while. You well, know? I, I have to tell you, he sounds just—it's like talking to Owen Quigley two weeks ago. It sounds yeah. the exact same, and obviously, I'm sure they know each other a little bit, and both girls' coaches, and obviously, Staples has a big stretch of games coming up, but they're really good, and they're going to be there in the end. No matter what they end up doing, yeah. they've got too many good players not to be a factor in the FCI tournament and the state tournament. And would anybody really be shocked if they won the whole thing? Probably not. No, Even though not he, at all. he talks about he's the favorite and they're the one, but to me it's Richfield until they're beaten in the tournament. That's yeah, just you, the way it is. You, you, you got to beat them in the tournament. you got to beat them in the tournament. It's the same way with Glastonbury and the boys side. you got to beat them in the tournament. Until then, I don't want to hear about – I'm ranked this, I'm ranked that. The rankings, the polls, mean nothing. whatever. We talk about it, and it's all fun and good, but no. it really, and even all, all of our polls, they don't mean a lot. It's all good fodder for discussion until the last poll. That's the only one that matters. Right, and these teams play each other. They play each other in the regular season. They'll probably play each other in the FCAC tournament. Right. And they'll probably play each other in the state. So it's going to be decided on the field. We don't need a poll to decide it, and uh, that's where it really matters. So, you know, being ranked number one, doesn't really mean very much. Uh, what, what's going on with Guilford? I heard some uh, some. Uh, you heard? Yeah, I heard. you heard it through the grapevine, did you? <laughs> no, I, I, I heard a little something about I, we, Guilford. We had it on game time. It was, a, it was a, Guilford reached out to us looking for some coverage. And, uh, I mean, Guilford has a bona fide unified sports program, which yeah. a lot of pro- schools do around the state. And um, on Friday afternoon, they're playing foreign. And they decided to uh, – the starters will be running out with a member of Unified Sports and their partner. So yeah. 11 starters, so three k- kids from each introduction. That's awesome. Um, the players are wearing all the word inclusion, writing it on their arm. On their arm. Yeah. Ha- all of them are going to have shirts that say that on there. Um, it's just a nice touch. I mean, it, it, we, we, we've all been to games. We see it each year at, at the Mohegan Sun in between games or at halftime they play unified sports game and it's that's what it's all about i mean it's about and it's not about what the score is it's about inclusion and it's about a chance for them to enjoy competition and, and again we all talk about wins and losses and who's ranked and you know it was not a nice it's, for these guys it's just being included and um it's a really nice thing they're doing uh, i'm glad to Enjoy themselves and enjoy the game. Like I said, and that's what what it's all about. At least in my mind. I, I mean, unified sports is one of the, I think the greatest thing that Connecticut sports does. Uh, I think it's just so awesome to get all those kids included, get them on an athletic field, get them to be part of a team. You know, people that play sports understand this, but for other people, like being a part of a team and being meeting and 
you know, we see the faces of those kids at Mohegan Sun when they're playing. Every kid is having that. Ever. Right. It's so amazing for them. And I see, you know, the game sometimes, you know, when, when you stop by a school and there's a unified game going mm-hmm. on. Those games are really awesome, and it's really cool that these schools do that. Uh, and I just want to say Unified Sports. I'm a huge, huge fan of Unified Sports. Yeah, CAC is big involved in that, and that's why you see that state finals. And like I said, Gilbert's not the only program that does it, but it's nice that they're doing this. And that's awesome, kids, yeah. The captains, and they thought of this in the summertime, and they picked this foreign game because foreign has a, also has a Unified Sports program. So it's a really good thing, and uh, I hope everybody enjoys themselves. I think they will. Yeah. All right. We want to thank Barry Beatty for joining us this week. And as always, go over to iTunes if you enjoyed the show. Subscribe, rate, and review. We really appreciate all the support we get over there. Uh, For Joe, I'm Scott. We'll see you next week on Just for Kicks.